Okay. Before we even do the intro, Franny, I have a question for you. Yes. Because I, I don't, your attitude to me is, is giving me this, it's giving me pause and that I, I think I need to ask this question. Okay. Does this seem like fucking build a bitch to you? Because you're <laughs> acting like it's build a bitch and this ain't build a bitch. You don't get to pick and choose. Okay, but what if I wanted bigger ass or bigger boobs? What about if you want eyes brown or blue? Ah, uh, they don't even have the selection that I want. I specifically <laughs> requested hazel. I custom ordered it. Listen, you you guys know what this is. This is Girls Like Us, the podcast. This ain't build a bitch. This ain't build a bitch. This is Girls Like Us. We are the podcast that asks the question. What does a degree in literature get you with the answer, a podcast about children's books? Notice I didn't say a degree in children's literature this time. Thank you. You're uh, you're on the up and up. We got to talk about Build-A-Bitch. Now, um, Sophie, how familiar are you with Bella Porch? Bella Porch. So I actually, I had kind of a reverse experience with this song, wherein mm-hmm. I, the other day, because I had been listening to the new Olivia Rodrigo album, it took me into, like, today's pop hits. Yeah. So Build-A-Bitch came on immediately after the album finished. And this and is... Well, and I'll say I'll say this because I said this this morning to Meg because we were listening to the Olivia Rodrigo album, and much like Build a Bitch, though Build a Bitch is much more blatant about it, I can feel I can f- like taste the producer's influence on well, the Olivia Rodrigo album. I I don't know. I I'm gonna I'm gonna problematize that opinion because it's like, of course, you can taste the producer's influence. She's fucking what, like eighteen years old, right? But yeah. I, but it, to me, it's not as commercialized. I think I think people have the wrong impression of the Olivia Rodrigo album because, from what I understand, this was not built to be like a hit album. Like, not a lot of time or resources from the company went into this album, proportional to like the response that it's gotten. From what I understand, like TikTok did a lot of the legwork that they weren't necessarily they, expecting they weren't to expecting. be done but yeah. but you don't um, think like every song is like a different genre and like and i'm not saying i think that she is very talented and like i think that she's gonna go on to have a great career just personally for me like that like brutal opening song i it, it to me there was just such I can just picture like a marketing exec in a room being like, yes, like this is good, which is okay. I can, yeah. just, I just, it like, I, I am not well, as I mean, into it. And I like some of the songs off of it, but. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. The thing is, it's like, I just, I like the reason I'm kind of pulling back from this is because I don't want, I don't want to have any Olivia Rodrigo discourse. I feel like I've been so fucking like, is there discourse on it? There's just like people just, something can't be this like, talked about especially on tiktok without people being like like teens making videos being like all of you are fucking obsessed with it well congrats the marketing worked on you and it's like fuck off like do something fucking positive with your time and to be clear i'm not saying i i necessarily even dislike it no 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 no. it makes me i think because i am at the age in which i am between her age and the age of like an adult in marketing yeah and the controversy that i will say sophie is that the Olivia Rodrigo um, Sour Patch Kids that you could get exclusively. Wait, they have those? Yes, but get this. Okay, $25, whatever, fine. It's a piece of merch. But when you open it up, it is only Grape Sour Patch Kids. Is that a flavor of Sour Patch Kids you've ever heard okay, of? Okay, yes, because the Halloween... So Nick's mom bought us a Costco-sized bag of Halloween Sour Patch Kids that were in our pantry, literally, and they were individually packaged mm-hmm. of, like, packages of, like, four Sour Patch Kids, like, fun-sized it was in our pantry for two years um they probably don't go bad they're oh they did oh they did they immediately got stale yeah they definitely did and um so we um we were eating these for years and the halloween specific flavors are orange and grape oh that makes sense because of the purple right i just like never heard of that before and i would be disappointed if i like because on her cover she has many different types of gummies etc that's what i thought i thought those are stickers 
Oh, maybe they are stickers. I haven't looked that closely. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about shit you don't know about again, Franny. This is going to become like a this fast... This ain't Build-A-Bitch. Disgust. This ain't Build-A-Bitch. So, speaking of... I don't want to talk about Olivia Rodrigo. I want to talk about what's more interesting to me, which is Build-A-Bitch. Build-A-Bitch. <laughs> so, I heard Build-A-Bitch on... Um, I heard Build-A-Bitch on fucking, like, Spotify radio or whatever after I listened to Sour, which, like was a great change of pace coming off that album. And I thought about the song, not knowing who, like not knowing what it was, like not even looking at the artist's name, thought about this song for the last three days, like truly like going to bed, could not sleep last night because build a bitch was stuck in my head Yeah, because it is such a fucking catchy hook. Um, And build a bitch. Ah, You don't get to to pick pick and and choose. Yeah. um, (laughs) They, but so I didn't know that it was by I never knew the girl's name, but of course I've seen her on my my FYP on TikTok where she just goes and for the listener I'm like pursing my lips and bobbing my head. Like that's yeah. all she does. Like I doubt she's even singing on that track if I'm that's, being That's like I and and I think that's the thing, like and I'm not gonna talk about Olivia Rodrigo more, but you can tell with with that album that that Olivia had influence on it. And like I think that's why I'm like, well, I want to hear more of her side of it versus like the, you know, the executive side. But with the Bella Porch one, it's like this was just plucked from like their database of like songs that we want TikTok stars to sing, which I think makes it very funny. She yeah. well, her whole thing, Sophie, is all she does on TikTok is like make these like little mm? uh? yes. expressions. Yeah. Um, you know, which whatever. Whatever. But um, also, she was in the Navy and does have a Rising Sun tattoo. Um, like the imperialist um, uh, Japanese symbol. Um, so, yeah. Wow. Okay, hold I on. Know. Wait. So, she was in the U.S. Navy? I think she was in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, she was in the U.S. Navy. Yeah, and yeah, she has a dude. tattoo of the Japanese Rising Sun flag. Uh, which was Imperial Japan's war flag from 1870 until the end of World War II. Well, okay, so that I feel like as a person who, because she is, she is Japanese, right? Yeah, but it's like, I mean. No, I mean, it's certainly weird, but I'm just saying I personally don't know enough about that. And like, maybe some dumb people are just like, this means my Japanese culture, right? I mean, like, is that a fair thing? Well, this this Yahoo Sports article I'm reading says that some um, it's a hateful reminder of the human rights abuses during that painful time. Okay, some even yeah. compared to the Nazi no. swastika. Okay, so that's bad. Okay, yeah, it's it, it is bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm just I'm like you know I really don't know a lot about like specific Japanese political history, so I'm trying to I guess give her the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, that's that sounds no. bad. Well, and, and I think. I think if she is someone who is in the Navy, I'm not going to sure. give her the benefit of the doubt sure. <laughs> on having like a war flag tattooed on her. How strange. How old she is she? I assume she like was like 15. She's our age. Weird. So she's it's, already like a veteran? Like, Yeah, I know. That's bizarre. But they built a bitch. They did build a bitch <laughs> and they gave her a fucking like, I don't know, imperialist tattoo to boot. Yeah, and that's this is the thing about Build a Bitch is like I'm like y- this is Build a Bitch though for you Bella Porch because <laughs> like some marketing firm like propelled you to fame. It's sort of like the like whatever fucking fallacy it is where it's like in naming the phenomenon, this phenomenon of Build a Bitch, this right. idea that people want to uh, build their perfect female partner, but you don't get to pick and choose bigger ass or better boobs or no. whatever. But she by naming that phenomenon, she is giving it power and is kind of in in a sense building a bitch a bitch being a phenomena in this case wherein like a universe wherein you know one can in fact build a bitch right i'm like i'm like reading this like well first of all the only annotated lyric on genius is the the first lyric this ain't build a bitch Build a bitch is a reference to the famous Build a Bear workshops in which customers can create a teddy bear that looks however they'd like for fifteen to twenty five dollars. That's so thank really you. it's that's very a good specific. Deal. It is it is kind of a good deal. That's cheaper than I would have thought. But so um, 
Bob the Builder broke my heart, told me I need fixing, said I'm just nuts and bolts, a lot of parts were missing. Curvy like a cursive font, virgin and a vixen. That's the kind of girl he wants, but he forgot this ain't Build-A-Bitch. So, and again, it's like her whole thing is like posing, like making like a little cute face and then like also making videos to that like me and your girlfriend playing dress up on the couch. So that is literally how she's marketed. I don't know. It's just It sounds like, like an AI wrote the song. They, so they build, build a, bitch. a bitch that she was. You kind don't of, get to pick, pick and, and choose, choose what kind of fascist tattoo your girlfriend has. <laughs> oh my god, she's just like an enigma of like. I mean, like that's like what influencing has come to. That like now we're going to have like people who were just in the navy doing it. Yeah, you I know. mean, it's it. Yeah, there's really nothing. <laughs> it's just interesting because TikTok and it's like TikTok did what what Vine was really never able to do, which is, um, which is that, like, it monetized this short form. And in Mm -hmm. that, I feel like it's revealed really how fucking, like, empty the format is, where, like, these people, like, you can't, like, like, you're not going to have a lasting impact because of TikTok. Like, you need to release a song. Like, that's why Addison Rae released that song where she, what is that song where she's, like, it's, obsessed or something. um yeah like i'm obsessed with me e, 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 too and it's like the closest to talk singing that it can possibly yeah. be and it's like ugh, i wish this girl had just like been given the opportunity to like go to college and, like, right yeah that's and with that's, her life it's interesting to me because it's also like you know a lot of them transition directly into singing like a ton of them do that and it's like wouldn't there and i know that they're all on like crackle tv like youtube shorts or whatever like there's like one that's like it's like a hospital and dixie d'amelio works in it and she's like 17 um but like they um it's like wouldn't their talents be better spent doing something that is closer to the tiktok form i just think it's interesting that they try to push them on to singing which is probably not going to get them like it's not going to pop off that much. I don't think like most people so, see right through that the unless they're genuinely thing, interested in, in music before. But, sure. You know. The interesting thing to TikTok is that like success on TikTok, and I'm not the first person to say this, obviously, like a lot of people have pointed this out very astutely, which is that su- success on TikTok really does not connote anything except for like, your um except for you being successful on tiktok like you don't have to be talented you don't even have to make good content like there's a few people and i won't name them because they are like relatively smaller creators that like you and i make fun of regularly who are like this person probably made and you're smiling because you know exactly who i'm talking about but like this person probably (laughs) she didn't didn't reply to our email (laughs) no 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 no. oh not her but also her like her That one person who, like, we complain about, like, their quote-unquote activism videos. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, it's, um, like, they probably made one good video at the beginning and gained all of these followers. And now, like, have this feeling that, like, like they've been platformed very quickly in a way that is just, like, well... Like, all of a sudden, they're speaking on things that, like, anybody in, like, a fucking, like, I don't know critical theory 101 class could speak on well and confidently and it becomes this like phenomena of like oh my god this person is talented and it's like if you were to give this person an actual job it would be like very questionable and that's and that's part of the issue of the platform is like they're not going to change that because controversial things get um you know interactions but certainly at at 19 i should not have been given a TikTok. you know like that we would both do the same thing it's just like you have to you know you you can't you can't have like a like a a 20 year old um pretending that they know the whole history of the world because because they don't you know and there's no there and i i saw someone else point this out but like tiktok is like very hard to have a real critical discussion on because of like even like the format of the comment section basically things are so muddled it's impossible to have any sort of nuance on tiktok which is of course you know what they want right and i think what's funny too to me is that like And maybe this is, like, my own, I guess, personal insecurity or something Mm -hmm. shining through, which is that, like, I find front-facing videos to be, like, tonally, like, by the way that they are shot, inherently condescending. And maybe that's, like, 
because it's like it, yeah what is this take explain well this okay <laughs> so maybe this is like maybe i'm getting too deep into sort of like maybe i'm i i might be over intellectualizing this mm-hmm. is what i'm saying but i feel like this idea of like okay like it, it gets almost into film theory and like the theory of like what it means to like point a camera at something right so like in order to film a front-facing video and i'm not talking about like co- comedically like i'm not talking about like i'm gonna do a bit i have this you're bit talking about a bella porch I'm talking no, I'm talking about an explanatory front facing video. Okay, like a like an Instagram graphic in TikTok format. Exactly. Or like when somebody sits down and is like, I just want to address this comment here because um don't attack this person, don't attack this person, but I just feel like this really well represents like a misunderstanding that a lot of y'all have. Like right. I feel like there's a lot of steps to sitting down to film that. One is like looking at a comment mm-hmm. or like having some sort of informational thing you want to address and being like, okay, like, s- like I have a particular take on this that I feel like is like helpful and like positive at this time. And that like other people can't access in other forms. Like that is the baseline assumption to sitting down. Then you have to open up your camera and you have to position your to body in order. Yeah. To- yes, you do. You have yeah. to position your body in order to like, like we are naturally like, we know how to, like, work cameras now. We are naturally, like, into, like, posing. We are very aware of how we look on screens as people who exist in, like, this specific time frame and use these specific media apparatuses. So, like, you sit down, you get your lighting, you get your angle, and then you press film. Like, there's a lot of steps involved that are, like, this weird sort of, like, coalition of, like, body politics and, like, aesthetics and like weird fucking political shit. There's a lot of steps and like weird reckoning we have to do with ourselves in order to sit down and do that. Right. right? And it's, and it's the idea of like, there's no like, you know, natural, nothing, nothing is natural about technology in, even if you're like, Oh, just woke up like this selfie. Like you are still, you know, monitoring how you look like there is, there's a constant uh, feedback loop between you and, and your camera. Right. Uh, and that's naturally, I think, going to make you not want to back down on on maybe not fully formed opinions you have. Exactly. And that that's what exactly yeah. what you just said, which is that, like, it puts this weird, like, by knowing subconsciously that all of these videos are the product of, like, going through all of these steps, it somehow gives them this, like, false authority that people yeah. feel empowered to stand on, which is, like, ultimately, like destructive (laughs) yeah i i agree and and that's a thing like even you know with with this podcast like we i think talk through takes a lot of the times and often find ourselves in a slightly different position than we were at the when we like initially say the opinion and but some of that you know is that um we are not 18 years old but some of that also is like um like the length of the format and again tiktok because of its limiting nature in time doesn't allow that. Plus the other thing about TikTok is there's really no search function. It's not like YouTube where you can search up a video like you, if you want to find something like someone said, like what, like three months ago, you have to scroll all the way back. So there's kind of like, um, there's a constant in, in one way you, people are very empowered to say their opinions. And in another way, they're not necessarily like held to them in any sort of critical way because it's not accessible. So there's right. just a lot of like, it makes sense to me that people are so fucking annoying <laughs> right, on it totally. because there's so many compounding factors there. Right. Like you can really say it is like kind of the last frontier of like, you can say some like, you can say some fucked up shit on TikTok and maybe nobody ever sees it. Yeah. Like you could build a bitch on TikTok and you could choose <laughs> right. better ass or bigger boobs and like no one. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Let's, let's go into this. I have one more thing to say about build a bitch better ass or bigger boobs. So you're only allowed to choose one of them. I would think at build a bitch, no, you could I, choose whatever you want. I find the language, I find the language to be, um, different. I think that oh, I'm she's sorry, saying, different, different ass and bigger boobs. Excuse me. Yeah. I think that she's saying like, she's kind of, it's even if she was saying, or it's like, she's listing things. She's being casual in her approach. It's like, she's just confronting this dude and being like, 
Which, like, first of all, I was trying to think, because Nick and I were watching this, what's a scenario in which, like, this honest emotion forms? Of, like, what do you mean? This isn't build a bitch. Like, does your man, like, approach you and ask you to get plastic surgery? Or, like, yeah. does your man approach you and say, I think that I would want to fuck you more if you had brown eyes? Like, what is the, what's the critical impetus? They should have changed, they should have kept this song, whatever company this is, should have kept this song in the vault until, like, not necessarily a Kardashian herself, but a Kardashian type <laughs> who gets married or is in a long-term relationship, has a lot of plastic surgery, and then has a big breakup. Should have yeah. kept it for that that person. That would have been much more impactful. For if for Chloe 23-year-old, to you release- look perfect. Like, why do yeah. you... <laughs> if Chloe wanted to release a single right now in the midst of all of like i believe that chloe is like having some drama with her man who like keeps cheating on her every weekend i know that she has drama with her migraines i just watched an ad in which she was like i used to get migraines several times a month and now i only get them one or two times a month she's doing migraine commercials Mm -hmm. and it's very funny because she's in a whatever her daughter's name is like her daughter comes up to her and she swings her true and but it's like in a house but it's like and it's a really nice house but i'm like this is like one-tenth of the size of probably Khloe Kardashian's real living room. Right. Yeah. Well, And she does, I I will say, she looks more natural with her plastic surgery than I thought. When that, you know, that one photo on Instagram where it's like, you, like this, that was Build-A-Bitch. That was Build-A-Bitch. Yeah. The Kardashians are like, definition build a bitch and my favorite thing about them is how much they fucking lie about it where it's like girl anyone with that much money is paying to like i don't know have their fucking forehead folded in half like (laughs) (laughs) they got the pretty surgery yeah exactly it's like just admit like that you're fucking bored yeah okay that's a scenario in which build a bitch exists this literally when they because they're making a they're making an uglies movie or miniseries or something with joey king King. oh that should be the fucking theme song, right? Mm-hmm. Bella Porch, you're about to make millions, sweetie. Or the theme song could also be that. Do you remember that song that was like, sit still, look pretty? Oh, yes. That one too. But they don't sit still. They're still up to their little tricks. They're still up to their little pretty fucking tricks. All right. Should we get into this this PLL catch up? Yeah, let's let's do this. So, guys, we did this. We did a format similar to this when we were kind of, I think, about like halfway through the click series, or at least when we were just sick of fucking rereading plot lines about like Massey throwing a party and like something going wrong at the last minute, um, where we're just going to talk about like, because we're, I think, exactly halfway through the Pretty Little Liars books. I don't know how many fucking, like, weird books that we're about to encounter still. Like, I don't have an exact number in my mind, but we're about halfway. So we're going to catch up on what we've talked about so far in the PLL universe. But we're going to start with Franny and I, I believe, have each prepared a game um, to kind of get us in the mood to talk about Pretty Little Liars. So do you want to go first? Do you want to present your game first? Yes. Yeah, so I ended up doing my game based on the show instead of the books. So, and Sophie, I hope, hopefully this works. You were like me in that you've seen maybe the first few seasons and then some of the last season, right? Yeah. You haven't watched I, all the yeah, way through. I have definitely not. Okay. So this is a game called Did They Date? And I pulled this from, I pulled this information from the Pretty Little Liars Wikipedia. Um, and date is going to be used loosely as um, they either had a real relationship or they kissed or something, right? So, okay. like so, any sort of romantic content. Yeah, there's been, they had romantic or sexual content. Um, and so I have five couples here, and I'm going to ask you, did they date? Okay. Okay. Let's start out with... Hannah and Wren. And this is the British guy. Yeah, it's the British guy. I... Fuck. I'm already, like... (laughs) Because I know he, like, remains a character in the show much longer than he remains a character in the books. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say... I'm gonna say my gut reaction, which is no. Wrong. They do, they do date at they, some point. They date? I think out of, out of the, th- out of the couples on here that, that do date, um, only one of them I think is just a kiss. I, so Hannah and Ren, yes, they did date. We can look up the details, but. Wow, my mind is already blown. All right. And then I'm going to give you an easy one. Allison and Ezra. No. Yes, they do date. What? <laughs> 
there he's his name is board shorts in allison's diary and this oh is i remember this line. yeah where then he's yes. like actually i was interested in Allie, and so i came to rosewood to write a true crime book Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I remember. And that's like, and he gets like famous off that book, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Yes. This is all ringing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Aria and Caleb. They don't date. Correct. They don't okay. date. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, that one I feel like I would know because Caleb is like a character that I feel like is still front of mind. Yeah. So then you would know Mona and Caleb. They don't date, right? Well, they kiss. Oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> so this one, I think that's a little bit of a trick because I believe that they are doing it like to trick A or something, but still, I thought I could include that. No, that's that that definitely counts. Yeah. And then Spencer and Mike, who is Arya's little brother, aka uh, Shit Stain or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, skid yeah, marks. Yeah, shit skids. Stain. Shit Smear. <laughs> um, I'm going to say they do, they do date. Wrong. Oh, so man. Sophie, you got one out of five correct there. <laughs> okay. You need to catch up. And, you know, spoiler alert, if I'm going to, can I spoil the last season of Pretty Little Liars? I just learned this today. Oh, wait. Or do you not want yeah, to? Yeah, you can spoil it. Fine, okay. Whatever. Skip ahead, listeners. But did you know that um, Spencer has a twin, an evil twin sister the whole oh, time? Oh, I knew that. Okay. I just found that out today. I was like, what? Why didn't they give it to Arya? That would have been so much more interesting. Arya should have been A. There is, like, a rumor that I watched in, like, a fucking 50-minute YouTube video that I watched on this subject where it's, like, they, like, Marlene King liked Troy and Belisario more. <laughs> she's so like, she I'm gonna wanted- give her some meat to chew on. Yeah, and exactly. Clearly, because clearly she's had the most successful career out of the four girls. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. The fucking, the people of Hollywood are breaking down the door to cast Troy and Belisario yeah. and shit. Um... Okay. Speaking of Chad's agent, if you're listening, we're still waiting on your email reply. Yeah, dude, you are not busy. Yeah, Chad, <laughs> like, get back to us. Um, Chad's busy, like, going on fucking, like, mountain vacations with his kids, but... Um, yeah, he's busy being a good dad. Yeah. Okay, so I have a, a kind of based on different interests of our podcast and like a way that I felt like a a knowledge hole where I felt like I could take advantage of your uh, take advantage of you in your knowledge (laughs) hole. One of my knowledge okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um I came up with this game. So I, you know, I'm I was brainstorming ideas for what I was gonna do and I really wanted to do something we always talk about and I feel like a a subject that we haven't had the kind of in-depth discussion on We've touched on it several times, but we've never really kind of unpacked it fully Mm -hmm. to the extent that I feel like we're capable of is the lasting chokehold of Ezria on the fandom, right? Yeah. So I was doing some research on fanfiction.net on Ezria fanfictions because I remember reading a lot of these back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I am going to quiz you. I'm going to read like a either like a plot summary or like talk about a plot point. And you're going to tell me if it's from an Ezria fic, uh, if it's a Riverdale plot line or (laughs) it's a fucked up dream that I myself have had recently. Okay. I'm so excited. Let's do it. So we're going to start off with an easy one. Okay. Um. A grieving teenage girl keeps the exhumed corpse of her loved one in her home, refusing to acknowledge that he is dead. Riverdale. That's a Riverdale. Ding, ding. So that is, yes. Cheryl Blossom digs up her brother, Jason, and keeps him like in this really weird room in her home and in like a wheelchair, ostensibly. Why? And like, can't. Yeah, <laughs> right. He doesn't need any mobility aids. Well, I think it's like That's she a waste of a pushes. Yeah, that is. She should donate that shit. Yeah. Um. Okay. Speaking of siblings, mm-hmm. twins are trapped in an attic by their grandmother, and they like young when they're young. Like this is a flashback. These twins are trapped in an attic by their grandmother, and they bond over literature, which causes them to fuck. Well, that's a flowers in the attic, 
thing. So I'm going to guess that was an Ezria fanfic that was inspired by Flowers in the Attic. You are exactly right. It's called Siblings, an Ezria fanfic inspired by Flowers in the Attic. (laughs) (laughs) And again, it's like, that's such the issue, like, with this type of shit is, like, Flowers in the Attic should be disgusting to everyone, but instead they're actually like, what if this was sexy instead? Um, okay. So... This one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, a girl's uh, lover cheats on her with the girl's co-worker in front of her while telling her, it's fine, this is not actually happening. Dream you had? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Um, a teenage girl finds out that she has a specific gene known as the serial killer gene Riverdale, that effectively... Riverdale. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm aware of Dark Betty. I'm aware of the chokehold. Okay. The chokehold of Dark Betty. Mm. Um... Okay, um, a a young nurse in training, uh, her regular day on the job is interrupted by a hot patient requesting coffee. <laughs> I'm guessing Ezria. Yes, this is an Ezria fanfic entitled Nurse Aria. <laughs> a hot patient. Re- her day is, I like the use of the word interrupted. Like, that was a huge inconvenience for her. Yes. Um, so are these all like well-known Ezria stories? Like they're like the most popular ones. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, a happy relationship in an idyllic small town is inter is, is interrupted by the introduction of a new man in the town whom the woman lusts after. And this man is suspected to be a werewolf. <laughs> Riverdale? It's an Ezria fanfic oh entitled my Werewolves. <laughs> who is now who is Arya dating at the beginning? She's dating Jason oh. and then Ezra as a werewolf, werewolf shows up. King. So King. Um Okay, uh A girl's dead grandpa repeatedly shows up begging her to save him, but she ignores him. <laughs> Dream. <laughs> <Yeah>. Dream. <laughs> Okay, in order to be inducted into a new social group, a teen girl has to pole dance for a bar full of adult men. Riverdale? That's a Riverdale plot Okay, line. Yeah, Betty. You, oh, poor Betty. Yeah, Betty's really been through <laughs> the ringer. Yeah, she really has. Okay, finally. And this one's hard. Uh, a girl goes to Disney World and gets lost and ends up wasting her full day in quote-unquote sleeping beauty land fucked up dream you had that's a fucked up dream i had last night where i was going to disney and i was so excited but i kind of ended up in the bowels of sleeping beauty castle oh my and gosh kept looking at my watch and being like i'm not gonna get to ride star wars that's like okay here is my that's like one of my classic stress dreams it's like i need to be somewhere else but first i have to go to the bathroom and every bathroom that i go to is like filled with shit so i can't Ugh. like go to it dude <laughs> Which is my subconscious saying, like, don't piss your pants in bed. <laughs> but it's like, it's like every, like, the, like, grossest Starbucks bathroom you've ever seen is, like, every place I find. Yeah, dude. No, I'm, like, all about, um, all of my dreams are, like, oh, the time keeps on ticking and I still am, like, looking at the mosaics near Snow White or Cinderella's castle or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And I just can't escape. I keep walking away and then forgetting where I am. And, like, then I'm still back at Sleeping Beauty's castle. But I'm trying to go ride Star Wars. <laughs> Shit's fucked up. All right, this has been... You need been... to get your Rise of the Resistance e-ticket. I know, Your reservation. Dude. I'm gonna miss my fucking reservation. All right, this has been Ezria Fick, Riverdale Plotline, or Fucked Up Dream Sophie has had recently. Thank you for playing. That was um, fun. I think we you. had some good games. Uh, yeah, those were. If you guys want to play these like with your friends, if you want to purchase board game editions of these, <laughs> let me know. And yeah, you know, we'll, we'll start a Kickstarter. It'll be right. Yeah, it's the new Exploding Kittens. Yeah, um, a game gonna, that I think we both own. Yeah. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. It's fun. I feel like every household like owns ex- and like uh, government. Ex- that's what like we were given instead of like you know rent. You know, <laughs> rent during on the pandemic. DVD. Yeah, it was like, or yeah, or rent on DVD. Yeah. They were like, you can choose one of two things. <laughs> this is build a game. You get to pick and choose DVD of rent or exploding kittens. <laughs> oh my God. And you know what, guys? Go and watch the video. It's, it's fucked up. It is definitely odd. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. 
It's definitely weird because it's like, it's all CGI, but it's not good CGI at all. Right, exactly. It's clear that they like pumped it out in like... Well, yeah, like a couple hours. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about what I brought up at the top of that game, which is, you know, the sort of the Ezria chokehold. So we know from reading the books, like a big misconception I had going into this reread was that like Ezria was going to be a whole deal. Like it right. was like the whole time we were reading these books, Ezria was going to be happening. And that's not the case at all. Mm-mm. Ezra gets arrested in the second book. Yeah. And and then he doesn't, he hasn't come back no. thus far. Yeah. We never see him again thus far. Mm-mm. So, like, what's up with that? Like, is it the fact that the TV show decided to make it into, like, a hot thing? Yeah. I, I, think, I think almost 100%. Because I also think the TV show does a much better option of, like, dwelling in that fantasy than the book does. In the sure. book, like, I can see how you could read it as a teen and be like, oh, he's hot. But, like, even to a teen reader, he's kind of annoying and he's kind of a loser. And and other people point out in the book, like, oh, that's weird. Like, Arya isn't, like, mad. Arya doesn't stop dating him because he's a teacher. Like, she dates him because she's kind of tired of him. She's, like, annoyed by him. Yeah. And in the TV show, I think it really helped that they... The other thing in the TV show is that those actors are, like, almost the same age, right? Like, Lucy Hale and Ian Hardy I think they are. Th- I think they are the same age. So also, the fantasy is, is much, you know, deeper. Yeah. Like, I remember, because there's a scene in the TV show in which, like, I guess Noel Kahn witnesses Arya and Ezra kissing, and then he confronts Ezra. And in watching that scene, I was like, something about this, like, seems really off to me. And I googled yeah. it, and the actor who plays Noel Kahn is it's two he's years older, older than, than the actor who yeah. plays Ezra. Yeah. And that was just, like... Lucy Hale was born in 89, and Ian Harding was born in 86. So they are, they are you know... Three years yeah. apart in age. Okay. So, you know. Negligible. Negligible, for sure. Yeah. I I guess you're right. I just, for some reason, like, I guess the reason I struggle with it is because I feel like reading these books, I felt it more. But maybe it's because I was reading these, like, right before the TV show came out. Yeah. So, like, that's kind of scrambled in my brain. You know, I would say, and this is interesting, because, like, let's think about, like, what are some other, like, um, I'm going to call it the genre of, like, dead or fucked up girl. So, sure. like, there's a girl in the center and she's, like, the most, like, fucked up one. So, like, what what are some other pieces of, like, maybe, like, YA literature that we can attribute that to? Uh, like, I'm thinking of more so, like... Let's hold on. I have to think. Manic, like manic pixie dead girl is what I'm going to call it. Okay. So like, obviously we talked about it. We have looking for Alaska. Yeah. Um, we have like, what's the one, like if I stay is kind of one of those. Or before I fall, whichever one. I think they're very similar plot lines. Very similar because there is sex that happens. Mm -hmm. Virgin suicides. Um, I mean, that's a multiple of them, but, um. There's certainly more. They're on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Uh, but what is interesting is that, or like even like mean girl, like let's say like just general mean girl, like Regina George, like you have your your um, your mean girls that become very iconic. And that is usually the most like salient character from the series. And that did right. not happen with Pretty Little Liars. It was Arya, which is weird because I don't think she was supposed to be that the character that was the most intriguing for viewers. Mm-hmm. But I think the Ezria plotline really, really pushed her above Allison and like fandom status. Yeah. And I also think that it also has, it might have something to do with the casting of Lucy Hale. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to give Lucy Hale too much credit because she, you know, it's like she really is in the grand scheme of things, nothing special, but there is a reason why she keeps getting cast in these like CW. Tell me who else could play dramas. Katie, Katie Keen. Exactly. Yeah. Like she's got that fucking Katie Keen range. No, but I think like something is up there. where like, and maybe this is like m- my like insecurity, but like she's tiny mm-hmm. and she has those big eyes. Like, remember that girl, from America's Next Top Model with the big eyes. Yeah, Allison. 
Yes, like father daughter musher da 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 swimming sinking underwater. What is Pop, that? Meet him, baby, that's like the. Ep- Do you remember the? Um, I don't. I forget his name, but there's like this like YouTube sensation, um, and he came on with Tyra and all the. This was on All Stars, and all the girls had to make songs, but they all included like Pot Leadum in them somewhere. What's Pot Leadum? Top model backwards. That was like one of the like phrases that Tyra tried to get to catch on. But Allison uh, has this. Oh yes, like, yes, because yeah. you. Oh yeah, okay, yes. Uh, now it's all coming. It's all coming back yeah. to me. It's not um, as good as as my favorite one, which is the, um, the British versus American. So the British one is we'll mash you up, yeah, yeah. Our British tooch is, um, better or something. Your hoochie tooch, no flavor. And then the um the American one, which is not as good, is like. Um, stop dropping tooch. Just move it. Our booty tooch. Be raising roofs. Ew. British girls were on that one. Um, yeah. So I think it's like a big eyes thing. Maybe this is like so fucked up of me to say that like the whole reason that like Aria effectively like carries the fandom no, you're, you're on right, the TV shows because she has big eyes. She does like, have the biggest an, eyes of the girls. And it's like an evolutionary thing. We don't want like, to eat her because she's so cute. <laughs> we want to protect her. We want to protect Miss Arya. So yeah, like, it, it is. She's definitely also, I think, like approaches most closely, like when this show was airing, like the twee aesthetic, like yes. the like Zoe Deschanel, like like indie girl, like she she is the most the closest approximation of that on the show, and I think a lot of people saw herselves themselves in her. Also, like her storylines are like the most. Not believable necessarily, but Emily's gay. Spencer is nerdy. Um, Hannah is popular. Like Arya, I think is the most accessible. Sure, you've said that before, and I agree with that in the books more so than I do in the TV show because, like, I just there's nothing accessible about the no. TV show in any way, shape. Or no, form. no, you're you're correct about that. I would say also like Spencer is probably the most relatable on the show. But I still think a lot of people chose Arya. Yeah. As their, yeah. like, I don't know. Right. Uh, well, because she has the big eyes. You know, it's eyes. like when somebody criticizes. Like my favorite movie, Big Eyes. Right. When somebody criticizes Pretty Little Liars for the Ezria relationship, She's where like, it's our natural instinct to protect her and stan her because you know it's like <laughs> yeah. they're acting as a predator in that situation and she's obviously vulnerable because of her giant fucking eyes yeah exactly you could i think the thing that is you know eyes are one of our most vulnerable pla- vulnerable places on our body it's always said like if you get attacked by someone like poke them in the eye and she has more surface area on her eye than the right. rest of us do so she is more vulnerable we have to attack we have to um protect that and this is why I want to have Chad Lowe on the podcast so yeah, bad. It's we like, need to, need ask to talk to somebody who's been in the room. I'm like, what's the pheromone level coming off Lucy Hale? Like, what's <laughs> going on evolutionarily on that set? Yeah, he's like, I don't know. I mean, I just had her in a baby Bjorn, like, you know, between takes, <laughs> but like, that's it. Like, right. I don't know. Yeah, dude. I like, I don't know. Maybe I harp so heavily on the Ezria thing because it's like, it speaks to this weird, like, thing of like there's something about being like a a girl from the ages of like 17 to like 21 we'll say and maybe even beyond but you know I've certainly grown out of this phase where it's like there is um there's this notion where like if you are mature and like cool and worthwhile that like you will have some sort of relationship with like a man who is like twice your age right right yeah or just at least inappropriately like older than you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and then and then you like go on a date with them, and it's like um, the most depressing. Yeah, thing they, you've they ever tell been you that. Um, who's the guy who created Rick and Morty? Dan Harmon. They say Dan Harmon shouldn't need therapy because he's rich. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I guess you're 27. All right, right. <laughs> bye bye. Oh my god, I like. Oh, yeah. No, it really is, like, there is never, there's never, like, a good outcome there. Like, I was talking to one of my friends uh, yesterday about, like, he, like, basically has this theory that, like, the most toxic relationship that can exist is between a 22-year-old girl and a 27-year-old man. Yeah. Because it's, like, 
<laughs> they're just it's always like going to be like the man reaching like the point of his life where he's like i am sad and i haven't accomplished anything and the 22 year old being like the world is my oyster and so it's just like yeah. sort of an endless cycle of like negativity and yes <laughs> brokenness um yeah so i guess maybe that's why it's interesting because of the fixation on that and this idea that like it is somehow much more appropriate for someone like aria who is a character who's sold to us despite her giant eyes as being like mature and worldly and thinking and intellectual like she in a sense like it's only appropriate for her to be with an an adult man right yeah yeah Yeah, because she is she is a reader as we right so do we do you think over under odds of seeing um odds of seeing ezria or just ezra in general in the successive books i think he's gonna come back but i do not think that there will be an they that they will be an item again okay i think she's gonna move on to brighter pasture because she's dating noel at the end of the book we just right so i'm gonna make a bold prediction i don't think we're gonna see ezra i don't think we see ezra ever again in the books yeah I would have a lot more respect for Sarah Shepard if we never see Ezra again. Like, it would feel very much like a reaction to the TV show to be like, Ezra's back, guys, and yeah. you'll never guess what he's up to this time. Yeah, but I think I think that we've already, unfortunately, seen her kind of fold to the, the whims of the TV show, which I get because if, if, you know, the Alloy Entertainment imprint is telling you, like, listen, you need to, you really need to, you're not going to sell books unless you keep these viewers' attention, then, like, right, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, I don't know. What do we What do we expect to see from Hannah going forward? I would love, I would really tr- love to see a place where Hannah is really truly comfortable with herself because we still don't have that, and we we've haven't gotten that in almost every single book. She has a friend who she abandons because someone else is cooler than them. And that's disappointing. I want her to be better because in the show, she's great. Like she's a great character in the show. Uh, Yeah. And it's, it's just kind of um, not jarring, but uh, frustrating to read grading, I should say, to, to have that same plot line happen over and over again and to really see her even regress, maybe, you know, not grow. And I get that that's how she feels safe you know, but right. obviously she should know by now that she's pretty much not safe no matter what. Well, I think you really tapped tapped into something interesting where when you were saying that, which is that the, the Hannah that we have in the book and the Hannah that we have in the TV show are completely different. Mm-hmm. Like the Hannah in the TV show, like, yes, it is revealed in like the early episodes that like she did struggle with bulimia, mm-hmm. but it's something that like, doesn't really it doesn't it's not a central facet to her character moving forward i would say yeah like hannah is still dealing with the fallout in the books even at the very end of what was supposed to be the original series she's still dealing with the fallout of like some really intense mental illness and like trauma Mm -hmm. responses right? right whereas in the show i feel like she has that but then she She's a lot stronger. Like, we don't see her capitulating toward these, like, trauma responses. No. Once in a while we do, but we actually see her even... Like, do you remember A makes her, um, like, eat, like, a dozen cupcakes or something? Yes. And she, like... Like, and... But she, like... I think she's even more, like, self-aware of the damage that that does to her than Book Hannah. Because Book Hannah um, really doesn't is is not is like probably the least self-aware of all the girls when it comes yeah. to like evaluating kind of her mental state sure and what yeah. is good and bad for her yeah that's definitely that's definitely the case i just i don't know i think that like who is book hannah if not just like a collection of like trauma responses at right. this point yeah exactly. because like she still feels like like do you know if we get a um a time jump at all going into these new books? I really don't know. I don't think I've like, I mean, I'm sure that I've read them in the past, but I, I don't remember anything past the, the Courtney Allison storyline. Yeah. Because I don't see without a time jump of like five years where like Hannah goes to call, like in the show when they right. time jump like seven years and like everyone goes to college and like 
makes new friends and has a lot of time to kind of like sit alone without there being an A Mm -hmm. and process these things. Right. I just feel like without that, it doesn't like, it it doesn't happen for her. Like she's not fucking, nothing's getting better. Like we're still within a year of Mona dying. Right. You know? Yeah. Which is understandable. And like, I, it's understandable the things that she goes she goes through because like I don't think I think that's probably realistic for a teen girl. Sure. But as a book reader, it is it is like oh my gosh, like like yeah. why, you, how many times do you need to learn this that like Naomi and Riley are like not your friends, right? You know, and she's like I don't know maybe this time like and who she does not like you know right. It, it's very frustrating. Like something that I've. Something that I I think that's bothered me since even I was a child is seeing characters do things that are so blatantly, like, lacking in any sort of, like, yeah, any sort of capacity to learn from one's mistakes. So, like, this idea of, like, going to Naomi and Riley and thinking that they're suddenly going to like you, it seems almost, like, inhuman because, like, we as people are so attuned socially, even if that's not like a big part of our personality or like we don't like we're not people like with like great intuition, like we are built to have these like natural social intuitions regarding like what people are safe, quote unquote, going back to, you know, Aria and her giant eyes (laughs) and what people are dangerous, like people with, I'm assuming, pointy faces like Naomi and Riley. Yeah. (laughs) Where like, what about that? Like, so watching Hannah do that over and over again feels like almost like it's lacking in humanity because you're like, I don't really feel like a person would punish themselves this hard by continually entering into social situations where they know they are not wanted. Right. Especially when she does have plenty of, of like real friends to kind of fall back on and she continually pushes them aside. And you would think that she would kind of learn after Mona you know, like you would think that, and maybe that's like her, like trying to like get Mona back, like in it, or like feel like Mona is still around by like hanging out with these girls who are are very mean to her, um, right? But yeah, it's it's frustrating. I really hope that we see some growth from Hannah. I think maybe the next has- book that we're going to read is is the Christmas themed one because that's the that's the one that's in between the two the two uh, arcs. It's not. It's between the first. It's between the first arc and the second arc. Oh, so we missed that already. We missed that. Okay. So we could go read that. We should one. just read it next Christmas. Yeah, or yeah. we could read it on Christmas because I don't think, I don't think a ton happens. I remember from just reading it like as a teen that Hannah Poole dances. That's her. That's her plot line. Yeah, she, she pole dances. dances. Yeah. Well, but that is kind of what we were talking about the last, whenever the last time we talked about Pretty Little Lies, when we talked about Allie's Pretty Little Lies, mm-hmm. was like, that was obviously an authorial choice mm-hmm. from Sarah Shepard to write the first arc of books and then have Winter Break separate the two arcs and to not write into Winter Break, to leave that a, as a gap in the narrative. Right. But then all of a sudden they start making, you know, exponential money off of this whole IP and then she goes back like four years later and writes into that when that was a clear authorial choice right. at first. Like yeah. it's frustrating. Like it really shows like I believe it was, you know, we talked about this with a different book, obviously, but with our guest last week, um, Allie from the SSR podcast, she talked about the feeling of not being in good hands as a reader. Mm-hmm. Like not being in hands in the hands of an author that you can trust to, like, you know, write a narrative that is, mm-hmm. like, worthwhile and, like, telling you something. And I really feel that way about those kind of specific choices, to right. write into gaps that were originally intentionally left. Yeah. And even to write in new characters. Like, it is very retcon And I get that because she needed to do a second arc. But, like, you know, it's clear that in Allie's Pretty Little Lies, like, oh, okay, that, that boyfriend character is going to come back. Like, that's abundantly yeah. clear. Um, and that that is frustrating because, uh, I don't know, it's just, like, we want a, a genuine second arc. And right. I get that you can't do that because most series have, like, a shelf life, and that's just not the way, you know, I get it. I understand it from her perspective. Like, if that's going to be your steady source of income, like, do it. Um, she can't just be writing the perfect, or um, the lying game all the time with the twins and the guy who played yes. and 
uh, what's his name, Andrew Wallace, in the office as the dad. Oh, David Wallace. David Wallace, yeah, as the dad. I was like, who from the fucking office is in that? Yeah. We should read those books. Yeah. Because there are a lot more of those than I thought there were. Because the other day I was on Audible looking for whatever the next Pretty Little Liars book Mm -hmm. that we're reading is. And it was like, there were so many of those fucking Lion Game books. Like, I think there are five or six of them. Yeah. I thought there were like two. It'll be like Truth or Dare. Which is also funny that she decided to do a book about twins again. It's like, girl, change your tune. (laughs) Yeah, come on. We get it. Do triplets. You know what we should watch for the the Patreon is I Know Who Killed Me, which is the Lindsay Lohan twin movie. Oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other Lindsay Lohan twin movie, I guess not the parent trap. Right. She's like like a good girl twin and a bad girl twin. And the good girl twin dies and the bad girl twin takes her place. Did Sarah Shepard just watch that before writing Pretty Little Liars? Because that's the exact plot that I'm hearing. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. But, but in, in that movie, it's like the bad girl twin, like, is, like, trying to avenge her sister's death. Twins are a cop-out, right? Yeah, I think twins are a cop-out. You know what? I'd like to see triplets. Yeah, right. Like, if, if there was, so, like, you know, we said with the, and again, spoiler warning, the ending of Pretty Little Liars where Spencer has a twin. What if Spencer had a triplet? That would be great. And there was another person pulling the strings. I would love that. Yes, because the interesting thing about triplets as opposed to twins is like, okay, is it a balance of two bad triplets and one good one or two good ones and one bad one? I think it's one, like on the D&D alignment chart, one is good, one is neutral, one is bad. So the neutral twin can go either way. They can help the bad twin or the good twin. Right. And what's interesting about that is, like, if, like, let's say, like, a twin is killed or, like, something, mm-hmm. like, the other two twins, it's not like, okay, I'm one person, I have control over this. Like, the other two triplets have to coordinate on logistics. Yeah, exactly. And so we, th- we then get into this whole mess where it's like, well, who's going to pretend to be her today? Like, do we have the same timelines in our heads? Like, what are our, how can we kind of converge our two gaps of knowledge to, like, best serve us in this situation? And, like, will at one point this this action like repeat itself until there's only like one true triplet right exactly you have to like you're gonna have to pull up a lot of like you know calendar notifications like excel analysis like you have to be really on the ball with it yeah exactly and i think that like we love logistics famously give us a novel about logistics i used to love the arthur episode where francine I think had to go to a bar mitzvah and a bowling alley, a bowling tournament at the same time. And she ran back and forth all day long. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good classic. That's a good Arthur. Yeah. Uh, So, okay. What, um, what else do we have to look forward to? I don't think like, I don't think Spencer's going anywhere good. I mean, I want to see what happens with Emily. I'm, I'm excited to kind of read about like what, how she kind of deals with with the fallout of the the Courtney Allison situation. I'm going to go ahead and say that, like, that's not going to be addressed as in-depth as we want it to be. Yeah. Because I just don't, I don't, I hold fast to the opinion that Sarah Shepard, like, intends no particles of like any sort of interesting queer narrative or psyche or anything. Mm. But I mean, I think it has to be addressed, though. I don't think there's any way we're going to get into the next book without and and like from Emily's side of it, because she's basically having to grieve twice now in many she's sure. grief for their alley grief for Courtney and maybe a third one like grief for like any sort of semblance of, of relationship she had hope for. Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll see. I just like, I really am anticipating like going to hell in a handbasket yeah. with these next few books. And like, if like all of a sudden we were in the next book and like Mike Montgomery, Mike Montgomery, like robbed a bank at gunpoint, like I would not be surprised. Like these, like, I really feel like there's just a firm, we're in the pool of water that the 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 Fonzie's motorcycle jumps over the shark yeah, in. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. we're, we're 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 treading, treading water, water right yeah. now. No, I I think you're right. Um, I think if Mike Montgomery was to, um, 
Robert Benke would be like, you know, Tim Robinson's The Characters episode on uh, Netflix mm. where where that guy tries to buy a gun because everyone was blaming him for making a paint job in the in the Greyhound bus <laughs> toilet. It would be similar. Microgram would like, say I didn't leave a skid mark. <laughs> say I didn't do it. Make my right. day. Oh, my God. All right. Is there anything else you want to talk about here? I Who didn't we touch? We, t- we touched on, I guess, Spencer. I am, I mean... Mm, we'll see where like that like adoption storyline goes. You know, it's going nowhere. Because well, wait, didn't we didn't we decide going? that she's no, she's um, the, it's, it's not an adoption, out. right? Yeah, yeah, it was like a surrogacy thing, which yeah. is like also that to me is like that's such a stupid twist that somebody was carried by a surrogate. It's like okay, like. Right, it's not that dramatic to me. I no. mean, well, if maybe if you're on if you're Brandy on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and you find out about Adrian and Paul that they right. used a surrogate, which to me, okay, wait, we can talk about this for a second. The shit that like passes for scandalous on like the early seasons of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills what gets is leaked crazy. to Radar Radar Online. It's, radar oh, it's online. like oh, like your um, your like chef was rude to me. And be like, right. you planted that story in Radar Online. We're yeah, covering our, our HOBH on our Patreon this week, by the way, guys. So yes, with the new season. We will be doing that. Um, but yeah, like what's, okay, what's going on with that? Like, first of all, like I do like not to side with Brandy and like you should never out somebody's like intimate family mm-hmm. secrets. But like, why would you lie about using a surrogate? I, yeah, I feel like some of that is like their... And, you know, I think Adrian is genuinely rich because she, MG, do they own, they don't own MGM, but they own the Bellagio. They, they own, own some the host, Palms. The Palms. They, but they don't anymore. They don't. And they owned a, um, a like a, a sports a ga- team. Yeah, a sports team or whatever. A so, game. A game. They owned a game. So I think that she's genuinely rich. Kittens. Yeah, they owned Exploding Kittens. They own the DVD of Rent. Um, they are, there's a hyper-consciousness of, needing to be perfect i think specifically because they are on camera as well and i think it's maybe part of that is that i do you think there's some like internal like angst with adrian of being like well i'm a businesswoman, but i also have to look like the perfect mom and like that was part of the reason where she's like well if i if i reveal that we used a surrogate like that's going to tarnish that reputation. I, I, I also think like, it's like odd to lie about. And it's like, maybe, maybe they didn't want their kids to find out or something. And that was part of it. But that's fucked up. I mean, like any sort of like any sort of disingenuousness with your children as to like their origin mm-hmm. is, you know, obviously as time allows it, you know what I right. mean? You're but not going to tell your three year old at that point, but hopefully their kids were not watching right. the show. But, sure. You know. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think like, I guess what why it might kind of be weird to us is like it really is indicative of like the passing of time where like in 2021 that's just not a big deal at all and maybe you know because like Kim Kardashian had two children right. via surrogate and was like very open about it and yeah. was like for celebrities you know it's like right. yeah but like I feel like that kind of that is um that shows a paradigm change for her to like be open about it and like all of a sudden it's like oh something that like the mass media and mass culture has like an understanding of yeah where like but i just i don't know it's so odd when like because i remember like because they bleep out what it is on the tv show they yeah they don't you have to like dig to find google it it. yeah and when i googled it i was like that can't be it because that's yeah not scandalous it's it's also interesting that they kept that well i guess they kind of had to but that that adrian and paul had enough influence on production that they they bleeped that out right you know yeah it's just like it kind of makes me sad because it feels just like a very it feels like that like it's like when somebody gets jammed up about something that is so obviously not a big deal it's like it's sad because it's like yeah. damn like you're really dealing with a lot yeah and and i think i think they were i do think that there she had some internal i i would i would gander that there was some like internal like conflict with her about kind of like her life as a mother and her life as like a businesswoman but also i do think that she and paul do get divorced the next season so i think that there's probably Maybe that's part of it, too, is she's like, our family is already, like, you know, quote, unquote, like, falling apart right. in this way. I don't want to throw another, uh, you know, some more tinder into the fire, even though that's not 
that wouldn't mean their family was falling apart. But I, I, I think that she wanted <laughs> to keep information about their family very stable at the yeah. time, and that that threatened that. Right. Yeah, sure. and Brand- Brandy also like kind of used it like in a mean way. Well, Brandy's you know, crazy. Yeah, Brandy like, is. Yeah, Brandy is like she's a, by definition a toxic person. Like to bring that up when you're mad at somebody is really really shitty, and right. that doesn't make. But I just on TV. An, right. Yeah. That it's just it's an odd thing to like. Oh, that's the big secret about Adrian. I guess that's like the funny thing when somebody's so fucking rich, you expect the secret to be like, oh, like they dumped all their waste in like a river in like you know they South built a America, bitch. and yeah, <laughs> now all of the children have third arms. Like you expect that to be the baggage, right? And yeah. it's like no, like this is like like adrian might have used a surrogate yeah maybe and we don't even know like and probably just for one child you know like right it's like oh okay like cool like people can like you know naomi campbell who is 50 something years old had a child this week and like posted it on instagram yeah but like as the Who Weekly podcast pointed out, there's literally no use in sitting around thinking about that because it's like there are a million ways for rich people to have babies right. nowadays. Yeah. That baby could have come from anywhere. Yeah. You know? Did she like do it to like celebrate turning 50? I have no idea. That her The greatest gift to herself is a child. Right. <laughs> I'm going to clone myself. Yeah. I'm going to build a bitch. <laughs> I am going to build a bitch. That's kind of what childbirth is if you think about it. Or we're going to get into, you know, in the next year, like... <laughs> It, or in, not in the next year, but like in the in the future, in the near future, like eugenics debates about like, well, is it okay to like, is it okay to build a bitch like when you're yeah. doing when you're choosing your right like your embryonic selection? Yeah, exactly. In Which order Lisa to like Vanderpump be, did right, yes. Well, in order to be trained, like in order to do embryonic selection, right, you have to go through like a certain number of hours of training, mm-hmm. and the final hours they play build a bitch for you. Right, you like this ain't build a this bitch. This ain't build a bitch, but you do get to pick and choose. <laughs> you do get to right. pick and choose blue eyes or brown eyes or blue or whatever. I go in and I'm like, I want it to have the fattest, juiciest ass that anybody <laughs> has ever seen. Well, ma'am, I will this fucking... is the Build-A-Bitch company, so we have to honor that request. Customer service is our number one priority. For 15 to $25, you can... <laughs> you can build a bitch. <laughs> All right. I feel like we're done. I think so, too. Guys, right. let us know what you think of Build-A-Bitch. Let us know what where you stand on the Build-A-Bitch discourse. Yeah. Is this Build-A-Bitch? Should I not have confronted Franny at the beginning of the podcast telling her this ain't Build-A-Bitch? Yeah, this could be Build-A-Bitch, you know? And we're kind of queering the idea of building a bitch, Fuck you know? You. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Girls Like Us. As always... You can find us on social media at Girls Like Us Show on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to share this episode on Instagram, on Twitter, if you enjoyed it. Let us know. Get the word out. Um, It's genuinely such a big help for us. Um, Review on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, even if you hate the podcast. It's literally the only polite thing that you can do. And check out our website at girlslikeus.show. And if you're looking for more podcasts like this one, check out frolic.media slash podcasts. Have a great week, everyone. Things were gonna turn out alright. The future shines.